Hi, this is Mark Rabin. Welcome to episode 178 of Lean Blog Audio. This is a post from January 31st, 2017, titled The Heroism of Incremental Care and Incremental Improvement in Medicine and Organizations. Now, I'm going to do something new on the blog. This was suggested by a couple of readers. Here's the post in less than 50 words. Are there parallels between medicine and organizations when we look at the tension between heroism and the sometimes boring work of preventing problems and improving things? Here I comment on an article by Dr. Atul Gawande. So I recently saw Dr. Gawande on TV talking about her healthcare system and his most recent article for The New Yorker about the heroism of incremental care. And you can find a link to that article and everything else I mentioned here by going to leanblog.org slash audio 178. The subheadline for the piece makes me think about lean and process improvement. It says, we devote vast resources to intensive one-off procedures while starving the kind of steady, intimate care that often helps people more. Now, many organizations devote vast resources to big interventions, major projects, new technologies, new facilities, or multi-year consulting contracts. At the same time, they often starve the steady, intimate improvement that often helps people more. I think of Kaizen and continuous improvement, engaging everybody in what's usually incremental improvement. But as I wrote about yesterday, there's a time and a place for redesign and reinvention, and a time for systematic incrementalism. So Guande sets the stage. He writes about a patient with really severe migraines. He and his wife found different solutions, some more legitimate like night guards and, and others like herbal treatments. Gawande explains, occasionally a remedy would help for a brief period, but nothing made a lasting difference. This reminds me of the program of the month mentality in many organizations. You know, something helps for a brief period, but not making a lasting difference. Sadly, lean sometimes gets treated as this program or fad. Now, a doctor at the John Graham Headache Center tells Gawande about how they diagnose a patient. You ask them to tell the story of their headache, and then you stay very quiet for a long time. This makes me think of the difference between a consultant, a lean consultant, who is ready to push uh, ready-made solutions, and those who spend more time listening and understanding the current state and the problem at hand. I mean, it's good lean problem solving to do the latter. The doctor lets the patient tell that story. She did not interrupt her comment except to say, tell me more until the full story emerged. Now I found that questions like, tell me more, why is that, are great questions to ask podcast guests and they also help in my consulting. After the patient's description of symptoms was complete, the article says, Dr. Loder gave a sympathetic shake of her head and that was enough to win the woman's confidence. The patient knew that she'd been heard by someone who understood the seriousness of her problem. Now, was Gawande going to see any miracle cure here in the clinic? Here's what happened next, quote, she started disappointingly by lowering expectations. For some 95% of patients who see her, including this woman, the diagnosis is chronic migraines. And for chronic migraines, she explained, a complete cure was unlikely. Success meant that the headaches became less frequent and less intense and that the patients grew more confident in handling them. Even that progress would take time. There is rarely a single immediate remedy, she said, whether it was a drug or a change in diet or an exercise regimen. Nonetheless, she wanted her patients to trust her. Things would take a while, months, sometimes longer. Success would be incremental. Does that remind you of an organization's lean transformation journey? Many executives expect what Dr. Deming would have called instant pudding. Lean is not a quick fix overnight success story. It takes time and effort. 
It takes redesign and incremental improvement, both. The doctor puts together a plan that sounds like a PDSA approach, plan, do, study, adjust, or a Toyota Kata method, where it says, quote, together they would make small changes and treatments and review the diary every few months. Well, this also sounds like the Kaizen process, understanding the situation, making small changes, measuring, and adjusting. Now, when working with another patient, the doctor, as it said in the article, found when one medicine caused side effects he couldn't tolerate, the physician switched to another. But that one didn't produce any reduction in headaches. He saw her every three months, and they kept measuring and adjusting. Now, after things got better, not cured, uh, the attacks were less frequent, the patient said, I haven't had a dreadful attack since March 2014, he said triumphantly. It had taken four years of effort, but Loder's systematic incrementalism had done what nothing else had. Later in the piece, Gwande writes something uh, that made me think again about episodic improvement and incremental improvement. It says, success, therefore, is not about the episodic momentary victories, though they do play a role. It is about the longer view of incremental steps that produce sustained progress. Now, rapid improvement events and projects or big interventions are often exciting and sexy, but the results and progress are often not sustained. Sometimes implementing lots of little incremental improvements makes a big impact and is more sustainable for a number of reasons. So now, Gwande on healthcare and firefighting. Years ago, I heard Dr. Gwande talk about how the past generation had made uh, many huge medical discoveries, such as vaccines and organ transplants. These were huge step function improvements, like going from the horse and buggy to a Tesla electric car overnight. He comes back to the same theme in the article and concludes, quote, we built our healthcare system accordingly to deploy firefighters. Doctors became saviors. Now, as I read this, I think about how there's a difference between developing new technologies to put fires out, which can help, and developing new approaches to preventing fires from occurring. The compensation system for firefighters doesn't reward them for putting more fires out. Now, a friend of mine from high school is a professional firefighter and EMT in Nevada. We've talked about how he spends more time working in different ways to prevent fires through education, inspections, training, and such. What we describe as reactive, quote unquote, firefighting in organizations is maybe somewhat unfair to the real pros like my friend. Gwande adds, but the model isn't right. The model wasn't quite right. If an illness is a fire, many of them require months or years to extinguish or can only be reduced to a low level smolder. The treatments may have side effects and complications that require yet more attention. Chronic illness has become commonplace and we've been poorly prepared to deal with it. Much of what ails us requires a more patient kind of skill. And Gwande also writes, I was drawn to medicine by the aura of heroism by the chance to charge in and solve a dangerous problem, end of quote. Now, how many people in business or healthcare organizations were drawn to management by that same heroism? How many were promoted up through the ranks to the C-suite because they were great at reacting, taking charge, and fighting fires? Too many organizations don't reward and uh, promote the people who prevent workplace fires because that doesn't draw as much attention. They need to change this through lean management styles. Um, the need to change this is the reason that the great book by Kim Barnes is titled Beyond Heroes. I wrote a blog post about it in 2008 on this topic, um, a post called Process Firefighting, Sometimes the Result of Process Arsonists. Now, as a patient, when I think of healthcare, I think of an analogy to fire prevention. 
I want a healthcare system that helps me stay healthy. That's how I would define value, instead of just reacting better to things that might go wrong with my health. Gawande describes his medical training and the need to react and save a patient's life by reacting quickly, slashing open their belly and removing a bleeding spleen. He says, how can anyone not love that? I knew there was a place for prevention and maintenance and incremental progress against difficult problems, but this seemed like the real work of saving lives. Surgery was a definitive intervention at a critical moment in a person's life with a clear, calculable, frequently transformative outcome. So in the management and improvement of organizations, I would say, yes, there is a time and a place to react. Sometimes quick action is needed. But when it's not an immediate matter of life and death, W. Edwards Deming would often remind people that it's sometimes better not to overreact and tamper with the system. He would say, don't just do something, stand there. Now, of course, if a patient is bleeding or a building is literally on fire, you don't just stand there. But think of situations like I discussed in my recent webinar, where a manager overreacts to every up and down in the daily performance of a department. This overreaction, you know, explain what went wrong yesterday, can cause more problems than standing there and studying the system and thinking about ways to either redesign that system or ways to incrementally improve it. That's what leads to better performance, and it's not all reactive. Okay, this post has gotten long. I've been writing it as I've been reading Gawande's article, and it's a long article. It's a good one. I'll read the rest and encourage you to do so, and I might write more. What are your thoughts about any of this? Please leave a comment below on the post. Um, you can go to leanblog.org slash audio 178. That's always the case. You can't leave a comment on a podcast. You might be listening while you're driving or out for a run. But if, if you're really interested in this, and you want to read Gawande's article, go to the web uh, on your phone or computer, leanblog.org slash audio 178.